Hello and welcome to the Here's the Deal podcast. I'm Abby. And I'm Hannah. And today we are going to be talking about identity. Um, We're going to be talking about labels that we have let define us. Yes. But as usual, before we get into that, uh, Hannah, how are you doing? What's been going on? A lot. (laughs) A lot's been going on, but I'm doing good. Um, Really just been diving into the word and getting my peace from the Lord lately, but um, very tired and stressed but giving it to the Lord, and I'm being able to find peace through that. So that's that's good. I just yeah, physically good. feel drained. Yeah. So, yeah. which I think you can relate to sometimes too. Yes, so. <laughs> I can. Um, but no, I'm I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really remember what I did this last weekend, it's but okay. you know that's okay. <laughs> it's um, okay. Life is good. It's holiday season. Mm-hmm. Lots of things going on. We have our harvest hoedown coming up in just a couple of weeks um, as our night of thanks before Thanksgiving, um, mm-hmm. which will be super fun, swing dancing and pie. Yes. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good things. Got to practice our moves. It's been a while since we've had <laughs> gone swing dancing. I know. Yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've forgotten all of the ones that I've learned. So <laughs> Definitely have to keep up with it. Yes. But it is fun. So Yes. Well, awesome. So today, um, like Hannah said, we're talking about identity. Um, you know, what we what we let define us and what does actually define us. Mm-hmm. Um, we chose this topic because I think, you know, both of us have experienced times in our life where we've let others, you know, others' in thoughts and ideas about us influence us. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, when I was in middle school, um, I was told, and when I was young, I was told by so many people how I was quiet and I was shy. Mm. And that is what I let define me for a long time. I was like, well, I'm quiet and I'm shy. Why would I speak up? Why would I say what I think and my thoughts? Um, and I did, you know, really fall into that um, and thought that that was who I was. And then I got to know, you know, myself a little bit better and also found my identity in things that truly mattered like the Lord Mm -hmm. um and found that I do have a voice and my voice does matter Mm -hmm. um which I think is such a such an important thing that doesn't mean I'm shoving you know my my thoughts are my vision into people's faces but that's just letting myself express um my own thoughts um which was a very wonderful experience to truly find my identity in Jesus and not you know, I still will have some people who knew me when I was little tell me how, oh, but you're quiet and shy. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but, but that doesn't right. have to define me. And who you are can change as well. It's yeah, a absolutely. It's a continual process. I mean, for me, growing up, I had a lot of people have an idea of who I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know... Um, when I came out and, and told people that I wanted to go into the military, I was like, but you're supposed to be a dancer. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You're supposed to, cause that was what my passion was when I was little was like, I just want to be a dancer when I grow mm-hmm. up, you know? Um, but as I really pressed into what I feel like the Lord is calling me to, you know, that is now being an advocate for children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have that passion for dancing. That doesn't mean that that's not who I'm going to be. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people let their career define who they are. Um, and we can run into a lot of, a lot of problems Mm -hmm. with that. When we start letting the things we do define us when it's like, who are we actually, you know? Well, and not only if you, if you get that taken away from you for a various reason, if you're no longer able, if you're no longer able to dance someday, yeah, 
if if you found your only identity in dance, hmm. then you lose your entire self. You have nowhere to go. You feel lost. Right. Um, if you find your identity in your career as well, there can also be a, a pride issue. Oh, well, I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. Right. I'm so great. When, you know, if you have your career taken away from you, what's left? It should be your relationship and your hope in Jesus and who you are in him because he created you to be fearfully and wonderfully made. You're a child of God, of the, Absolutely. Of the one true king. And there's so many. I have a whole long page here of, of what the Bible says that we are. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so fun to, for one, I really love going through the Bible and say, seeing what it says God is, all the right. different names of God. But you can really truly see who you are um, as you go through the Bible. Um, in in Matthew, it's, it's Jesus speaking to some people, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand... Um, and gives it light to all who are in the house. Um, and that's that's a commission to take the light of the Lord um, out into the world. Um, and we can be we can be that light. First John 3 2 says, beloved, we are n- now we are children of God. Um, and it continues, but that's another defining scripture um, for for who we are and where we can find our identity so we don't get lost if we do get things taken from us or are no longer able to do the things that we do. Absolutely. And, you know, I think like for me growing up, there's there were there were times where um, people and say bullies, for Mm -hmm. example, where they would call you dumb or Mm -hmm. they would call you stupid. And, you know, those things, they manifest as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Right. And and they may seem like dumb little things, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, words will never hurt me. But it's like, you know what? the way we talk to people does affect Mm -hmm. how somebody turns out, right? And we should be loving in the words that we use. And we have, to be honest, we have let certain things like that define us. Say somebody calls you ugly and you know what? That manifests and Mm -hmm. you sit there and you know, when the first thing that comes to mind, it's like, well, I'm, I'm ugly and I'm worthless. And it's like, hold on. Who really are you? Let's go yeah. to the word. Let's see what God says about you. You mm-hmm. are chosen, right? You are the Imago Dei. You are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And someone who is made in the image of God is not worthless, right? You know, he yeah. he, he he had his son die on the cross for us, mm-hmm. right? That is not somebody who's worthless. And one man's opinion is not where we should be getting our truth from. Absolutely. Um you know, there's so many, there's so many situations throughout everyone's life. I think that they've let this and that affect them and define them in various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be really hard to overcome that and to not see it as complete truth because you, it is as, as humans, we are very conscientious of what people think of us. We just are. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to that point that, you know, we are Genesis 127. God created man in his own image. In mm-hmm. the image of God, he created him. Um, I just, I, I love that that is the Bible is where we can find our truth. Our relationship is the Lord. His, his opinion is the only one that matters. Um, and he loves us so, so deeply um, that he made the ultimate sacrifice for us um, by giving his son Jesus to die on the cross and to conquer death and be raised on the third day, um, which is just you know, an amazing, an amazing gift. Um, and that is where we should find our value. We have so much value in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we don't need man's opinion as our truth. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, there was a time where at the very beginning of my healing from a lot of, of past trauma that I went through, um, I was letting certain things define who I was. And it wasn't until one of my mentors told me, um, she was like, you know what, Hannah, you don't get to let those things define you. She Mm -hmm. said, you need to know who you are in Christ. That is all that matters. Mm -hmm. And before you go out, before you say that you're a dancer, before you go out and say like for you, like that you're an actor Mm -hmm. or that you're a director, it's like, you know what, before you do that, who are you in Christ? Because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, that's all that matters. Because if everything else is taken away from you, the fact that you are a daughter of the King Most High, that's mm-hmm. all that matters. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Second Corinthians 3.12 says, Therefore, having such hope, we use great boldness in our speech. Mm. We have the ability to be bold through Christ. Um, Colossians 3.12 says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience with mm. the Lord. We are, we are beloved. We can be compassionate. We can be kind. We can be humble and gentle and have patience. Um, And I love that word, beloved. My sister has a tattoo on her arm that says beloved Mm -hmm. um, as that reminder that we are beloved children of God. Um, And I just think that that is a a, a truly beautiful thing. Another thing is I think, especially in this day and age, a lot of people let society define who they are, Mm -hmm. um, especially by if you're rich or if you're poor, right? You know, when I look back at my childhood, I was like, it felt like I had a rich childhood. Um, I mean, there were some, there were some really lows and when the lows were there, they were very, very low Mm -hmm. lows. Um, but you know what? Like we may have been financially poor, but at the same time, like I, my siblings and I, we got along a lot when we were younger and I never felt like I didn't have a family. Mm -hmm. Um, granted there were times that, that was the case but for example like do you let whether like your financial state define who you are well Mm -hmm. I'm just a poor U.S. citizen and I don't have money and or like you know how do you let finances define you yeah well and I think again that also plays into pride you can Mm -hmm. be so proud and stubborn as if you're defined by your you know lack of money or you know your abundance of money um it's I think we often identify, we use status so much in, that, yeah, in various it. ways um, to identify ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can, you know, people can be proud in their status of being at the bottom or they can be proud in their status of being at the top. But, you know, whether you're at the bottom or the top, where does your eternity lie? And that's really mm-hmm. where should we, we should be finding our value and identity in um, and not in, oh, yes, this is this is my education. What's your education? Or this is what I do for a living. What do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Um, that is putting so much identity on things of this world when that those things don't matter. They're not going to go with you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not. You're going to lose them someday. Um, and we need to find our joy and just, you know, where, where we exist within the Lord mm-hmm. rather than where we exist in the world because society, society is going to go against what we believe as Christians, um, it's, they are, Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna fit in or be fully accepted, um, which is, which is fine. And mm-hmm. we, we should know that, but we shouldn't be trying to find our identity and things that society says is good or right to move up in society. Our place in society should not matter. 
Absolutely. Well, and the same thing with with people, Mm -hmm. right? Not letting the people around us define who Mm -hmm. we are. Um, Like, for example, and and it's it it was hard for me because growing up, a lot of times I was all my family was involved in so much stuff, Mm -hmm. and I was always known as uh, Sarah, my oldest sister. I was always known as Sarah's little sister, Mm -hmm. and or Rebecca's little sister, or Bailey's little sister, or Jared's little sister, and that's how I was like identified as was oh I was just the little sister, Mm -hmm. and in a way. It was like it was never Hannah. Nobody knew. Nobody really knew that. Oh, that's Hannah. Mm-hmm. It it almost took away who I thought I was because it was just like it's not a big deal of who I am mm-hmm. because I'm underneath these people. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that happens is, to a lot of younger siblings. Exactly, and that's not something. Obviously, that's something that happens when you're younger mm-hmm. and as you get older. That can be hard to kind of break that. However. When you're getting your identity from the Lord, it's like, oh, yes, I am their mm-hmm. their their younger sister, but that's not who I am. Yeah. That's not my entire identity. Yeah. Well, right? and it can be easy to, because those people who say that don't intend it in any way. Correct. They don't intend to Correct. identify you as that, yeah. but it can be easy when you're being told that to succumb to that and to say, well, my my thoughts aren't as why do I have to you know say my thoughts or why do I have to speak up right it can be easy to say okay well I'm just the one following behind Mm -hmm. but you know even at a young age instilling in young people that your identity is in the Lord you are your own individual no one else has your hair no one else has your eyes there's people with similar features Mm -hmm. but no one else is you no one else has your voice yeah no one else has your thoughts and that is so special because the Lord made us so beautifully and so individually Mm -hmm. um and i think we forget the the details that the lord has instilled in every single each individual person right and there's millions of people on earth and we're all so different Mm -hmm. um which is so cool to see um but yeah making sure that we don't we don't succumb to that um on our own and you know we don't we we try to instill the idea of finding our identity in the lord with those around us with those who we share identity with um so that they can also see, wow, yeah, you're right. I am my own individual person. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, and each individual person should stand out because yeah. they are a completely different human being, mm-hmm. right? And we should be standing out as Christians, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, let's take that for example. When you say, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. right? Is that your identity? Does that, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, is it the fact that you are a Christian or is it the fact that you're religious mm-hmm. or is it the fact that you're just simply a child of God? Yeah. Right. It should be simply that you're just a child of God, that you, yeah. you've chosen to follow his word and dedicate your life to him. Um, I've, I've been able to share, um, I went to a secular university, um, and I've had so many people, well, Abby, you know, what do you believe? What's your religion? And I say, well, I'm a Christian, but these days, that word mm-hmm. is used to go over so many different denominations, so many beliefs. Yep. There's the generic worldwide view of Christianity, right. which does not believe in the same God. There are other mm-hmm. there are other religions that they think that they believe in the same God or the same Jesus, but it's not. They're praying to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, they've looked at me when, when I say I'm a Christian, they've looked at me funny. And then I realize, oh... <laughs> I yeah. should define that better, right? Um, because they—that is such a broad term these days. Um, 
but it's it's opened up awesome opportunity really to go into detail of yeah. what I believe with people that that are you know have have no faith in in a god at all right. um which is which has been really cool but it was a kind of a you know eye opener for me on okay yeah I need to maybe change my vocabulary or just continue to define what that means after I say it when Absolutely. I when I share what my faith is. Yeah. And, you know, stepping out in faith because that can mm-hmm. be almost like an intimidating situation. Oh, yeah. If you're not prepared, <laughs> if you're not prepared and if it catches you off guard. But, you know, that's like that's a really good reminder of why we we are supposed to be in the word mm-hmm. to know so that we're we're practicing what we're preaching. Right. Because yeah. if we're preaching what's from the word. We should be practicing it well, too. We should it should always, reflect. We should always be prepared to share our faith and what we believe. Absolutely. Um, and it can be uncomfortable to do that. <laughs> I had, you know, I was in a car full of unbelievers and they're all great friends and I love them to death. Yeah. Um, but it was intimidating to, to share that when you know that there are people that are very against that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still stepping out in faith and knowing, you know, they were my friends. They were they were going to listen to what I had to say, even if they were uncomfortable and I was uncomfortable. Um, but stepping out, even in those situations, to to share what you believe and mm-hmm. to, you know, be open to be like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, it's the idea of apologetics. What do you believe? Right. Oh, okay, well, here's the reason I believe what I believe. Mm-hmm. That's not bashing down what others believe. That's not saying, no, you... <laughs> you idiot, you don't know what you're talking about. No, no, that's not at all how we should go about that. Um, we should, it should be an open dialogue and discussion of, of sharing what we believe and why we believe it, the biblical and truthful backing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you have anything else on, on this subject, Hannah? I, I don't really, I think we covered it. Um, I mean, other than just um, putting out some encouragement out there mm-hmm. that we title, we, we not necessarily titled, but we're talking about the labels that we have let define us. Mm-hmm. And it's just an encouragement that even no matter what you're around, don't let that, whatever is pushed on you, define mm-hmm. who you are and especially who you are in Christ, right? Yeah. We don't want to be letting outside, outside things mm-hmm. define who you are. If you, if you are a child of God, that's simply what you are. You are a child well, of God. And the fact of the fact that you are a child of God does not change. No, the things never. of this world that we can let define us, like our job or our financial status, that will change. And it will, um, and that's an okay thing. Yep. But the fact that you are a child of God will never change. Well, in reminding yourself, mm-hmm. I am a child of a God who is not moved by things of this world. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And and reminding yourself that mm-hmm. because I think it could be easy for us to think, you know, when is when is God coming back? You know what? God is coming back, and we don't know when. But mm-hmm. we should be working, and we should be waiting, and working while we're and waiting. And we should be prepared. And we should be prepared, yeah. right? And so just that just that reminder that um, you're a child of a God who is not moved by mm-hmm. things of this world and the evil in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, evil yeah. is real, but God is bigger and he is greater than any evil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a lot more Bible references that we'll include in the show notes mm-hmm. um, just on on defining who you are in the Lord. Um, and I encourage all of you to um, maybe even do a, just a personal Bible study going through the Bible and finding 
those identifiers of who you are um, because of your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very just encouraging thing not to not to lift ourselves up, not to glorify ourselves, but to find that peace and confidence in your relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. along with that, going through and seeing how mighty the Lord is throughout Scripture, alongside that, mm-hmm. um, is just a really wonderful. Um, you know, eye-opening thing that's very comforting. Um, so I encourage you, um, if you've not done that before, to maybe take some time to go do that. Um, yeah, it's a absolutely. really, really interesting and comforting study. Um, so we're going to end out with some fun facts, though. And I actually have a quick tip that I forgot to oh, mention. Oh, we didn't do quick tips. I also have one. <laughs> Um, my quick tip is that if there is a jar or container you can't open, you should be able to run the lid under hot water for 30 seconds and it should be able to pop off mm. when you twist it. Yeah, that's very handy. That's very handy. Hot water. So there's that. All right. Well, um, our producer Gary asked for a quick tip about roses. <laughs> um, <laughs> might be having some gardening gardening things happen. So, um, being that winter is on the move, I found um, a winter winter tip for roses. Um, it says you, know, you need to provide winter protection for roses. Mm-hmm. Cold temperatures and dying drying winds can cause rose canes to dry out and die. So after the first frost in the fall, remove any leaves, broken branches, or debris from around the base of the plant, and then mound up some light garden soil, mulch, or straw around the base of the plant to a depth of about 12 inches, and then be sure to remove this material in the spring after the heat, after the after the freezing temperatures are gone. Um, so that's an idea. And a fun fact about that is because my mom had a huge rose garden mm-hmm. <laughs> back in Colorado. And we had every every year, it was all hands on deck and we all worked in the rose garden. Mm-hmm. And unless you like being stabbed by a thousand thorns, um, I don't recommend it. However, yeah. they are beautiful. They, they are. are very, very I beautiful. Have always, I've always had um, at least one rose plant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very fun. I had a rose plant. My grandpa got me a thornless one when I was little and it really struggled with, with aphids. So mm-hmm. I would just really try to put ladybugs all over that. Well, um, it's a little chilly for ladybugs right now, but in the <laughs> spring, <laughs> just know that roses are high maintenance. Um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth it if you do take yeah. care of them properly because they are very beautiful. And mini roses are actually a little bit less high maintenance. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really love mini roses. So, um, so <laughs> there's that for you gardeners out there. Um, Do you have a fun fact? But I also have a fun fact. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> um, so Thanksgiving is coming up. So the next two fun facts you get from me will be about turkeys. Um, so the history of U.S. presidents pardoning turkeys is a little, like, um, unclear. Not totally unclear, but it's just came in a flow. Um, So Harry Truman is often credited with being the first president to pardon a turkey, but that's not true. He was the first to receive a ceremonial turkey from the National Turkey Federation, but he ate it for dinner. Um, John F. Kennedy was the first to let a Thanksgiving turkey go, followed by Richard Nixon, who then sent his turkey to a petting zoo. But George H.W. Bush is the first (laughs) president who actually formalized the turkey pardoning tradition in 1989. Wow. So... The first ceremonial turkey was eaten for dinner. Um, and then we eventually have a formal turkey pardoning. So. I thought I had. That's my fun fact. I thought I had a fun fact about turkeys. 
<laughs> and I was saving it. But it was like the turkey, I'm pretty sure the turkey was actually supposed to be the, it was supposed to be like the national bird. It was, yeah. Like, and it was because it was sophisticated. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine not having an eagle, but having a turkey? But having a turkey. <laughs> I'm glad they landed on eagles. You know what? Honestly, though, turkeys are. Like, that would just be so funny because <laughs> if you just imagine. Well, you know, it wouldn't be funny, though, if that was legitimately our no, it would literally bird. We would be like, yeah, turkeys are amazing. Tur- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're so sophisticated. <laughs> well, and we would use that verbiage. We'd be like, they're so sophisticated. That's why yeah. it is our bird. It's the turkey. Yeah. And they just wouldn't come around around Thanksgiving. They wouldn't be no. very special around Thanksgiving because yeah. it's just always there. Yeah. But. That was another fun fact that I have, but I mean, I guess that will have been my fun fact, and I'll save my other one for next week. Yeah. (laughs) But there you go. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of Here's the Deal. Uh, We truly appreciate you listening. Um, We would love to hear your feedback. We would love to hear what you think about each episode. Um, Just, you know, about you, if you have any comments on our fun facts or quick, quick tips, if it works for you or not. Um, We would love to hear. So you can either leave a review on Apple podcast or you can message us on Instagram at here's the deal pod. Tell your friends, tell your family and feel free to leave a review. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye.